Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. If you're working solo or have dreams of starting up, you'll find support, inspiration and advice at Australia's largest and liveliest small business community. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Here's your host, Robert Gerrish. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Flying Solo podcast. Look, I'm really delighted to be speaking with David Jennings, who runs uh, Melbourne SEO and Video, which is uh, an established digital agency. And David has a stack of experience in making the most of your expertise to grow your business. He's recently published Authority Content, a comprehensive, well, I'd call it a kind of handbook, really, on how to build your brand grow sales, and establish credibility. So, hey, David, thanks very much for joining us. Oh, fantastic. Thanks for the invite and, yeah, really looking forward to sharing some good ideas. Yeah, well, look, your, your book, uh, I do compliment you. I think it's, um, it, it's a great, as I said, I, kind of, I view it really as a handbook. It's like everything in one place um, regarding how to really flex your sort of authority muscles and, uh, and really stand up in that expert space. So, well, if we went through your whole book, clearly, you know, that's going to take a few hours. So what I thought we might do, I noticed in your book, you um, are particularly keen on this whole notion of running kind of small group workshops and the real value that they can give to a business. So why don't we uh, sort of pull that apart a little? And perhaps the place to start is, you know, just a simple question like, why why should we be thinking about running workshops? Yeah, there's something about workshops that um, it just ticks so many different boxes. Once you sort of start to look at them and you pull them apart, um, one of the most important reasons for running workshops, I think, is because it becomes like a a forced positive constraint. Uh, Most business owners are, you know, just busy running the day-to-day business and they don't find enough time often to create content or to connect with prospects because they're just sort of busy running the day-to-day operations. But if you set a a workshop and it has a a set day when it's going to happen, it just forces you to take that action. And I I always use this story. I had a friend who um, started out being an entrepreneur and um, he left his nine to five and found that he started sleeping in uh, in the mornings and couldn't get out of bed. So hmm. he ended up uh, parking his car out the front of his house in a clearway zone because he knew every morning he would have to get up at 7 a.m. to move his car or they would tow his car. Right. So that was like this forced positive constraint that forced him to take uh, a very good action that was good for him. And I see workshops as very similar by setting a date, knowing that you're going to have people come and listen to what you, your staff or other people are going to say, it, it forces you to um, be ready and have that content ready to go. So that's... Yeah, okay. Well, look, I can, I'll just start there. I can, see the, I can see the value in that. You know, when you make a commitment to something and you kind of invite people, then sure, then you kind of, you've got to do it. But I guess there's a number of uh, potential kind of roadblocks in the way. And I'm thinking of people that are listening, thinking, well, what is a workshop and who'd be interested in hearing what I've got to say? And I think I know from um, from earlier conversations we've had that you quite surprising businesses can get value from workshops. So perhaps could you just sort of yeah. expand on that a little? What what does a workshop look like? What is it? What's its purpose? Yeah, so I think, yeah, the definition of a workshop, sometimes when people think workshop, they're imagining 
sitting down in a classroom style thing where you've got the presenter up the front and people are sitting there with work, notebooks at, at tables and chairs. Um, and, and that may work for some businesses, but I'll, I'll, to expand the definition or change the definition slightly, hmm. the way that I think about it, it's really about getting a small audience together to listen to someone present on a particular uh, topic. And it's obviously going to be relevant to the business owner. So we have um, rolled out authority content with a huge variety of different companies. And I'll give you some examples, and that might change the thinking. So we worked with a uh, the Victorian Cosmetic Institute uh, here in uh, Melbourne. And mm. what we did for them is we actually went into one of their little studios, and they had one of the doctors sit on uh, the, the corner of one of the, the chairs, one of those sort of operating doctor's chairs. Right. And then we had um, some prospects and clients that sort of sat in this room. And it was only about six or seven people. And basically the doctor sat there and uh, answered a lot of the frequently asked questions people had before having a cosmetic procedure. Um, we did it at another time with a swimming pool manufacturer. Mm. Um, there's one a company called Compass Pools. And we went to their head office and uh, they ended up getting... Uh, their lead salesperson, a couple of different staff members, the business owner, and they sat there and they um, ran this little uh, workshop just in front of a few staff. It was just very small um, and answering some of the frequently asked questions that they get when someone is considering purchasing a swimming pool. And we ultimately turned that into like a, a swimming pool buyer's guide. But then there's other businesses like a web development company we're working with at the moment, um, and they're basically running a, a mini workshop that talks through their entire process that they go through when designing a website. So the the form of a workshop, where it takes place and how it's set up, um, it's for me, it's really about setting a, a date and forcing yourself to create a lot of highly relevant for a very specific audience and it's a way to batch that content creation so again business owners and this is something we found with the digital agency um, business owners being so busy sometimes the idea of getting content from them which they know is important for their mm. marketing online it's it's a requirement to have great quality content but they just don't have time and even just the thought of getting one blog post up a month they just yeah, can't it's intimidating find that space. to them. So, look, yeah. okay. So, what you're saying is interesting. So, you're the way you're approaching this is is not thinking so much as there's um, immediate sort of uh, prospect or sales value in sitting there with kind of half a dozen people in front of you, but it's more the perspective you're coming from is look at this as being a means of content creation. Yeah, and it um, it does depend on uh, the business and the business owner and different stages. So um, some businesses um, can turn this first step of authority content into a money-making conversion exercise with the idea of selling tickets and going for a larger event. Mm. Other businesses, they're just starting out and this is the first time and they're not too sure how it works and they, they really are doing it more for a content perspective. So Part of the whole process first is understanding where you are uh, in your business, understanding some of the problems that you're having within your business, and then using this workshop as a way to solve some of those problems. Yeah, so, okay. So, and I guess that when you talk about problems, and that might be that um, there are, you know, you, you may be being not necessarily inundated, but you're, you're clearly understanding perhaps from your inbox or from your you know, FAQ sections that there are a lot of questions. People have a lot of 
um, aspects of your business that they don't fully understand. So that's a problem to solve. And as yeah. you said, I love that example where you said that, um, you know, the, the um, particularly the swimming pool company, you know, which is not one I'd immediately think of as running workshops, but what they're able to do then is turn that into something, you know, that will develop later, that will become a, a real sort of go-to place for anyone who's got questions about that stuff. So look, that... What about though someone, so I like the notion that you're saying maybe, just maybe, don't think about this as a selling tickets and filling a room because, I mean, for someone who's certainly not moved in that space, that's that can be massively yeah. overwhelming. So that's a relief. Phew, you know, we're talking small numbers. We're not necessarily talking revenue here at all. But then what about someone who's thinking, well, I just don't feel comfortable talking in front of people, you know, any immediate, I know we, we've covered this in, yeah. a, in, a, in a recent uh, podcast, but any immediate thoughts there? How do you approach those kind of people? Yeah, there are a few different ways. I think uh, someone who is a subject matter expert can actually talk quite comfortably on this. And I think that's part of the way you can reduce some of that risk is who you're presenting to maybe it's just to your staff maybe it's to friends and family you know maybe you just get a few prospects along that can be um, one way to kind of get it going i think as a business mm. owner really uh, you are, need to be a leader especially as you're bringing in and, and growing team members so i think learning to speak in front of an audience is a good skill to learn sure um, so if we try and make this as easy as possible. Maybe you start off, you just do one of the presentations. You might get some other staff members to join with you and present on other topics, or maybe you find other experts within the industry that you would like to uh, associate with and you invite them along and, and let them know, hey, we're going to record this workshop. I'm happy to give you the recordings afterwards. So there's a benefit for them. They're actually getting something for coming to present if you're not providing a big audience. And another way you can let them know, hey, this is a way for me to introduce you to all of my clients and prospects by way of giving them some helpful information through your presentation so that there are a few different ways that you can help to lighten that load and um, I just love video so much and the reason we run a little workshop to record it is it's the best way to duplicate yourself and the business owner like mm. and other team members because you're probably getting asked these same questions on a regular basis and if we can capture that within a video uh, then, you know, that's a real time saver and doing it in a workshop format. There's so many different subtle reasons why I suggest doing it in workshop format rather than just going into a studio and recording is if you're doing it in front of an audience, it also forces you to do it in a single take. Um, we've got a yeah, studio okay. actually in Paran and I see it all the time. People will book out the studio for a half day. And they'll come in and at the end of that half day, they've done two or three videos. Mm. Whereas if you batch it and you're doing it in front of an audience and you have to do it in a single take and you've done that thinking uh, up front, you might get, you know, 35, 40 videos all in one go. That could be your part of your content strategy for the next six months. Yeah, look, so I think I think that's that's a, that's a great idea. I want to go there a bit further in a second. But just moving back as well, I, I guess I'm, you just reminded me of um, – of something I've recently come back from a, a, a conference with a number of bookkeepers about 100 bookkeepers and some of those are confident at sort of standing on a stage and talking about their business others aren't so the way we set it up is we just did a very simple sort of two armchair type interview um, yeah. which is I guess is another way that you can 
you know, if you're not confident doing it, you can get a friend to come up and ask you questions. You can ask the poll the sort of audience beforehand, what questions would you like to ask? And as you say, you know, quite rightly there is that once you're in that sort of discussion and answering questions, the wealth of wisdom that comes out of uh, people's mouths that they don't even think they have um, is is just amazing, isn't it? So, but the point you're making here then is, and again, it's a just I'm just shifting my own mind a bit here to think that where you're coming at this um, quite uniquely is thinking of it n- not so much as a place to sell, not so much as a place to promote, but as a place to generate content. So, how do we do that? You talked there about video. Is that the best way? Yeah, definitely. Mm. So, I think the reason we always start with video when it comes to content creation is that that video can then get repurposed in many different ways. If you start with video, then you can split out the audio. Then you can take the audio and get it transcribed, and then that can get turned into articles. So a lot of things can happen as a flow-on effect. So I always suggest starting with video, and people tend to connect with videos so much better. That swimming pool manufacturer that we talked about a little bit earlier um, when they went through this authority content process, they got their lead salesperson to record uh, a few of the different sessions. And shortly after it rolled out, we put it on their website as this swimming pool buyer's guide. And then he went out to meet a prospect. He got to the front door and this woman came up and said, oh, it's great to see you again and invited him into the house. <laughs> he didn't think too much of it, but probably about 20 minutes into the conversation, it became really apparent uh, that she felt like she knew him. And her husband was there as well. Right. And they, she so was he's commenting getting suspicious. On, yeah. He's, he's, they're commenting on things that he had said. And he, um, he thought, look, unless I say something about this now, it's going to be really embarrassing when they find out we don't actually know each other. Mm. So he politely asked, have we met before? And the wife was adamant. She was like, yep, we've, we've, I'm sure we've met before. I can't remember exactly when, but I know we have. And it was probably about another 20 minutes after that, he said that the husband said, I know where we know you from. You're the guy from the Compass Pools websites. We watched about two hours of your videos before you ever stepped foot inside the house. So imagine how that changes the dynamic of him already getting there and they feel like they know, like, and trust him. And they've already had exposure to him, but he's never actually spoken to them. Mm. So that's, again, another reason why video is so powerful. And you'd also get this with your podcast as well, Robert. I'm sure when you guys run events or when people come across you who do listen to the podcast, there'll be things that they'll say that they've learned um, from listening to the podcast, but they've never necessarily actually met you in person. So creating this type of content is a great way to bond someone to you with out you necessarily having to have that direct contact to start with. Yeah, okay. So, and again, uh, I, I'm conscious that I'm, I'm speaking to someone not only who's written the book, but who does run, you know, a uh, an agency that has uh, video services as a, as a key part of that. But for somebody, again, listening and, and thinking, oh my God, that's going to cost me so much money, I've got to organize events, I've got to get a videographer, you know, how, again, mm. where can we start so that we, it doesn't feel like it's yeah. overwhelming? What, you know, what's a, what's a way to get into this without it, you know, breaking the bank and if, if we're not sure if it's going to really suit us? 
Yeah, so um, one thing I find, it's a classic case of if you look for reasons not to do something, mm. you'll find them. If you look for reasons to do something, you'll also find those too. Yeah. And there's a lot of benefits from doing these workshops. And with a little bit of creative thought, there are some easy ways around this. One way just to start could be you go to your local university and you uh, go to the media department and ask for a final year student and, and say, hey, does this person want to try and build up their portfolio and get mm. them to come along and record it? You'll probably get that for pennies on the dollar or maybe you've got a someone in the family who can set up a handy cam up the back of the room. The, the first couple that you do uh, are going to be the worst videos that you ever make. Right. And every video after that just keeps getting better. Yeah, okay. So. It doesn't have to be a work of art. You might even record that first one and think, hey, maybe I don't want to publish that. And that's okay too because then you'll learn from it and then you can do another one. Yeah, okay. So I, I think the key is just to get started and do even the real basic um, as, as far as just setting up a handy cam up the back of the room and getting a microphone and doing that. That that might be enough. Or if you want to step it up, going to a university, you'll probably find someone who'd do it for a couple of hundred bucks mm. uh, and – just to build up that portfolio. So that there's a lot of ways to do it. And I think once you do the first one and you start to see some of the benefits from it, then that'll get you a little bit more excited. And it's not nearly as technical or as expensive as it once used to be. The equipment costs have dropped dramatically when it comes to uh, video recording and things like that. You can get a, a fantastic camera and audio for under a, a couple of thousand dollars. Mm. And, and I think... Every business really should consider themselves a in the media business. Like they should see themselves as a content producer because the content is the way that you connect with your target market. It's the way that you – it's the first point of contact that people have with you when you're starting to share things online. Yeah, okay. Well, look, I, again, and look, thank you. That's a, a generous response from someone who, who who makes part of their living from doing videos. Um, and I think you're right. And I guess the, the thing, you know, we've all seen them. If the content is, is good uh, and genuine, um, then it, video is quite, in many ways, is quite forgiving. You know, we don't, this doesn't have to be some major production job, certainly not at the outset. It's capturing sort of um, snippets and comments uh, and as you say, you know, it's 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 just just take a step, just get started, and and you know, get some runs on the board. And I suppose with things like Periscope and other, you know, and um, Facebook Live as well, what that's showing is is people just stick a smartphone in front of themselves, and if what they're saying is good, it's good. Yeah, and I think the the type of content that we're looking to create, you think about where it's actually going to live and where it's going to get shared. So mm. yes, if you're going to create a video that will become your about us video that talks about your business and tells your story, yes, you might go to a production company and put a little, little yep. bit of extra production values in that. Yep. But the type of content we're talking about here is more of that engagement content, the content that demonstrates your authority, that's helpful, that answers questions that you know your prospects has. It's the content that would end up living on your blog and potentially, you know, a couple of clicks away from your homepage. So it doesn't need to be as fully scripted and beautiful and Hollywood produced as long as 
um, it is helpful and you can still just do a little bit of a tidy up on the edit and maybe have a nice little animated intro with your logo. Yeah. You could go to somewhere like fiverr.com to get uh, one of those little animated intro with your logo that you would mm. just stitch onto the front of these videos. You put your name in a lower third down in the bottom left-hand corner with you know your company name and you know that you're a director of blah, blah, blah company. Yeah. And that really just lifts the production level and just – gets a unified look across all of this content that you're creating. And then at the end of those content pieces, you have a call to action, which is to get them back to your website and then into your funnel to find out more or to consume more of that video content that mm. you've got. Okay, look, terrific. And um, you, you mentioned there about, um, you know, or you sort of alluded to this 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 notion of preparation um, you know what what we need to do so if we go back again say to this the pool guy um, yep. or or even the um, you know the beauticians company that you talked about um, how, to what degree do we need to prepare um, as a business owner for these sort of uh, what are fairly informal events sort of um, FAQ type events I mean that's that's I know that's yep. not everything that you say but it's an area that we'll just focus on for a sec in terms yep. of preparation, how much is needed, do you think? The biggest thing, as uh, you know, it comes down to getting very clear on who that uh, target audience is because mm. the content that you end up creating, it's it's the bait that catches the fish, to use that metaphor. So if you're using the wrong bait, you'll catch the wrong fish. So we, we did this process with a domestic cleaning company here in Australia and they had already created some great quality content, but they were creating content around things like um, how do I clean the grout in my shower and how do I iron the perfect shirt and, you know, how do I um, clean the the windows to make sure that there are no streaks. Mm. And while some of that content is good, a little bit of it, because it demonstrates that you really know the the way to do things well so it's good to have a little bit of that content yet i said to them it's not really going to attract in your target audience the person who is looking to purchase domestic cleaning services probably isn't on youtube typing in how do i iron the perfect shirt mm. um the, the person who's doing that is is probably someone who's looking to do it yourself do so it. Exactly. we repositioned it and we we created some authority content for them around should I feel guilty about getting a cleaner? How do I prepare my house before a cleaner arrives? What do I do with my pets when a cleaner comes? Those types of questions. So step one in the preparation really is getting very clear on who you want to attract at what point in the buying cycle. Mm, that's that's, that's kind of point. step one. And then um, you do want to do some pre-thought like I would – uh, map out the main points that you want to get across. And depending on what you want to do long-term with this content, um, and the way actually that I wrote Authority Content, the book, was I ran a workshop. I went through this process talking about authority content, and I I thought about this content or this workshop being turned into a book. So I structured out. I did all the preparations where the sessions actually correlated with different chapters, and mm. I thought about it that way. So when you know all was said and done, I ended up getting that workshop transcribed and I gave the transcription to a ghostwriter who wrote the first version of Authority Content, the book. So it, you, you do need to do a little bit of thinking about mm. thinking what you're going to do with this content afterwards and the planning up front 
um, will actually mean that the content can be very usable in lots of different ways. So you you just have a little bit of a think of, of where this content is going to ultimately appear. That's fantastic. Look, and um, a wonderful um, story there about how you actually came to get your kind of first draft of your book. I think that's terrific. So look, um, David, I, I think that uh, I think you cover that really well. And, and I would just let listeners know that as you can hear, David knows what he's talking about. And um, his book is called Authority Content. Um, we've heard that phrase a few times. If you want to find out more about the book, it's authoritycontent.com. And of course, uh, go there or indeed find it on Amazon where it's doing very well. But it, it really is a sort of a step-by-step guide to generating content that establishes you as an authority. And clearly the word author comes from authority. So um, David, I think it's been great to have you here. Is um, any any closing comment from you, or have we? I, I think we've we've pulled that topic apart quite well. Yeah, I think we covered it really well. The best thing that someone can do is just draw the line in the sand, pick a date, and work towards it. Like that's where you'll get the traction. And once you do this, you'll get the results, and then it'll excite you to do more of it. I we've done it so many times, and it's mm. it's a very well thought out process. Yeah. So go and park your car in the uh, the no parking zone and. <laughs> and and get moving all right well look uh, david jennings thank you so much for spending your time with uh, flying solo thank you for having me thank you and that's where we'll leave this show from flying solo and your host robert gerrish we'd love to receive feedback even a brief review for those listening via itunes if you're planning to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in check out our bestseller flying solo how to go it alone in business it includes everything we know about working on your own And of course, we invite you to dive into the resources and supportive community at flyingsolo.com.au. 